What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We are your host, Jared and James. Today we're talking about Lorcana releasing. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we talked all about Gen Con, and this week Lorcana is releasing. It should be releasing the same day we're dropping this podcast. And to celebrate, we have our first return guest, Eric Schweitzer of The Gamer. Eric, welcome back. Return guest? Don't you mean third co-host of the podcast? <laughs> okay, let's clear the air on this a little bit. We actually What's do... up, everybody? Welcome to the Citizens of Lorcana podcast. We're your hosts. <laughs> so just to clear the air, we do have a third. She joins us about once a month. So you would be, be third and a half. Third and a half. Well, we got oh, James. We could have like Jarek, three A, three B. Jarek, Jadara. All right, maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not a co-host, but I am glad to be back. How are you guys? Yes, doing? we're we're very happy to have you because, uh, well, we want to talk all about Lorcana, and who better to talk about Lorcana with than than Mister Lorcana? Me, Mister Lorcana. <laughs> I hope I do something cooler than that, so it's not like three years from now, and you're like, and everybody's like, you're the you're that guy from Lorcana. <laughs> <laughs> but you know when when Lorcana is like top four uh, TCG and they're holding worlds at at the Anaheim Convention Center and you're like oh, aren't you the guy who like kicked off everybody knowing about it with Lorcana Week and you were like yeah that was me then it'll be cool your lips to God God's ears man I would love nothing more than uh, to see this get to that stage yeah I don't I don't know man you did some cool stuff over in Japan since Gen Con I did but it wasn't. Lorcana stuff, but I did have a great time in Japan. You want to talk about that? Should we just talk about Japan for an hour? <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> I thought about and throwing I, and, a and question. I, yeah, I, I mean, I actually threw in a question, but we could spin it to Lorcana and be like, hey, so all this stuff you saw that Pokemon did in Japan, yeah. how can, how do you think that that kind of thing can happen in Lorcana? I was thinking about Lorcana the whole time, man. It's wild. I mean, I... I've been to Worlds before. I don't think there'll ever be another Worlds like that because it was in Japan. Um, it was extremely over the top. It was a like full city transformation. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and it made me think about Lorcana a lot and what it could eventually become. Because Disney's got, Disney's got Pokemon money or close to it probably. Oh, they've got more, more, more than Pokemon money. You think so? Yeah, I, yeah. Bet it, I bet it's close. Yeah, no, they've got a lot. I mean, if you, if I looked at it today because it was there was there was on the Lorcan HQ there was an argument uh, about the number one IP in the world, uh -huh. and uh, if you separate out Disney into its pieces like Mickey or Disney princesses and Star Wars and Marvel, yeah. then Pokemon is the number one IP in the world as a as a single thing. But all you have to do is grab two Mar uh, Disney IPs like Mickey and Friends and Star Wars, and it's more. Right, right, right. So right, right, Disney's right, right. combined, Disney is way more, but 
you know, that's not how they count things, apparently. So Pokemon's number that one. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, I know you guys did Gen Con last week, but can we start with Gen Con? Because I was listening to your episode, and I was, like, yelling at my radio. Not out of anger, but just, like, Uh-oh. I wanted to be part of the conversation so bad. <laughs> so what, yes. what do you have to say? I mean, so you were there for only a part of it, but you got to do one very cool thing, and were a part of a lot of the other cool things that Jared was also a part of. But you also got one special thing, so let us know all the things. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm I totally regret missing the meetup because that looked like so much fun. I can't believe uh, Ryan and Steve came. That is so cool. You guys did did really cool stuff there. I'm glad you put that together for everyone. I'm sorry I missed it. Um, I showed up the next morning. Um, my plane. I did like an overnight, and so my plane landed at like 6 a.m. I went and checked into my hotel. I can't believe they let me. And then I went straight to the convention center. I went and got my press badge. The office was open an hour early. It was open at eight instead of nine, which was awesome. And then I got right in line. And the and the line at that point was um, out the door. So I only experienced uh, line kana. I didn't experience <laughs> the chaos the day before, just you know, viscerally through through you. Um, well, and to put it in perspective, I had my starter deck tournament that Friday morning, so I wasn't standing in line. And you messaged me, and you're like, "Hey, I'm here." I was like, "Sweet, I'll I'll come find you." And I had to walk a good ways outside the building, around the corner to uh to find you. Yeah, yeah, I was way out there. That line took at least four hours. Um. As soon as I got through it, all that was left was booster boxes. I got a booster box. Um, I immediately ran into Ixia. Uh, shout out to Connor and his dad. They were super fun to hang out with last weekend, two weekends ago, whatever. Um, and then I started pulling packs out of the box. You guys didn't talk about this. This was one thing that I really wanted to bring up last week. You can pull packs out of the box without opening the box. I remember seeing your picture about that on Twitter. What do you think about that? Uh, that is not good. Uh, so what we're talking about is the way that they have designed the boxes. There's no shrink wrapping. They have a full tab on the bottom, which if any, you've watched any openings, uh, box openings, you've seen people do that. And the problem is, of course, that if you want to, uh, if you are an unscrupulous type, you can actually pull packs out of the sides where the, the lid comes up. Yeah, um, like I'll, I mean, you can figure it out. We don't have to tell you how to do it. You but... would never know. No one would. No one would ever know. You would right. never. So, like, a pack could be missing. A pack could just fall out. Honestly, if you shook it the right way, I think stuff could just fall out of them. But also, you could put packs in it. So, if I'm opening boxes, if I'm a store and I'm opening a bunch of boxes, and maybe I hit an enchanted. You know, maybe the rest of those packs go off to the side. And once I get to 24, I put those in an empty box. Like, I don't know. I'm not trying to give people ideas about shady stuff to do, but it does make me nervous that these boxes can't be sealed. They literally can't can't be sealed. The shady types will think of these things anyway. Sure. Yeah. So it's not like we're giving them ideas. I mean, they're, they're going to see these unopened things and be like, how can I how can I game the system? Do you think there's a chance that they do come with plastic at a store, or has anyone seen them at stores yet? Because I've uh, only seen them at Gen Con. They, uh, a store posted a picture of their stuff on Twitter or somewhere else, and I saw it on Twitter, and it was basically they had one of the sealed 
um, starter deck cases with the 12 starter decks, the display yeah. uh, thing, and like four or five booster boxes stacked on top. And the this the starter deck thing did have plastic around it. None uh-huh. of the booster boxes did. I think they just right. stacked them up right out of the box, and right. that's what they look like. So, so I, I mean, I don't want them to put plastic on the boxes just because, like, plastic's bad. But something's got to change. I don't know what. what right? Something's yeah. got to change. Well, it's a legitimate concern. and it's, I mean, I think it's a valid thing that you raised. Um, well, like and if- what it's going to do uh, in the in the market side of things is it's going to make sealed cases the premium item for collectors. Because there's no way that someone could mess with a sealed case and remove any cards or so any are cases sealed. They they are they do have I'm I'm assuming they have some kind of uh, marked tape around them. Yeah, they're shipped in boxes. Yeah, that you can tell that it's a sealed case versus a resealed case. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, God bless anyone that wants to collect cases. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I don't anticipate that. I, chapter two is going to have brand new boxes but like that would be ideal you know yeah. i mean i guess ideal would be wave two of, of chapter one has new boxes but that's definitely not going to happen no so what, what do you think the solution is eric yeah the boxes got to be redesigned um they get the pull tabs need to be on the sides or on the top so that nothing can ever come out of them it's got to yeah, yeah it's got to be a different box um so that was somewhat alarming um one thing that well, I was very excited about, or surprised about, I should say, is how easy it was for me to finish my master set. I opened three boxes at Gen Con. I went through the line the first day. I got there at 8 a.m. I went through the line. They didn't cut my badge because all that was left was booster boxes. I went and sat down with Ixia and opened that box, opened every pack, uh, recorded them on Lurkania. Shout out to Lurkania. You guys should be tracking your packs. I know it's a pain. Do it. Um, then I saw a message in Discord that there were still boxes left. So after I sat down in the hall and opened all my packs, I went and got back in line and bought another box. Then the next day, well, we can we can talk about that more later, but I, I got a third box on the next day. So by the time I had finished opening my second box, I was two legendaries short of finishing a mat, like a one of everything. I did get some pretty favorable trades. Shout out to Lee Barbs, who just started throwing cards at me at one point. But for the most part, I would say I would say I got like two extra legendaries that I otherwise wouldn't have had. I did some trading, and after two boxes, I was almost completely done. I was one legendary and one super rare away from finishing the set. And when I f- opened my third box, I had every card. People don't understand. You were working like a madman to complete your collection. I I saw you sitting at the tables there, wheeling and dealing. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. Well, I was sorting a lot. I knew exactly what I was missing. I was trying to trade with people i did a lot of trading so yeah so like i i definitely had a goal to get one of everything before i left and you know maybe other people who are like just going to their stores and buying boxes aren't going to be like that ambitious but at the same time it really did only take me two boxes to get pretty much the entire set 
So it made me sort of start thinking about how many more boxes of the first set I'm going to actually buy. Obviously, I need more cards to build decks. Like one of everything doesn't cut it. But for commons and uncommons, I'm up to like 12, 14, 16 of all of them already. Yeah, I got two boxes as well. I did not get so favorable my legendaries. I got three legendaries in each box for a total of six. Um, But I agree. For the commons and uncommons, I did pretty well. I mean, pretty darn close to a full playset on each of those. And we both got an enchanted, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got the Aurora. Nice. Yeah. So I, I'm surprised. Uh, Beth pointed this out as soon as she saw the Aurora. She's like, that's basically looks like the bell stained glass window from the beginning of Beauty and the Beast. Oh. And I'm, I haven't seen anyone compare the two, and it really does look like it. Yeah, me neither. I hadn't even thought of that. Interesting. Well, the bell enchanted is pretty amazing, too. Yeah, the bell's really yeah. nice. They're all really nice. I mean, they're they're all great cards. Yeah. So, so uh, the next day, uh, you got another box, and there was some other adventures. So, what happened on your Gen Con? Uh, what did that Saturday? Saturday. Uh, yeah. Um, I I had some hijinks that morning. I had some situations. I don't know how much how much it makes good podcasts, but basically, I was supposed to get there with Jared at like what what were we like four thirty or something? Yeah, that was the plan. We were going to sit at the front of the line and just play games until they opened at 10 or whatever. And first, I stayed at the airport. I got my hotel really late, so I stayed at, like, an airport hotel. Could not get an Uber. I just stood there forever. I got up on time. I was ready to go. No Ubers. Then I eventually did, and my Uber driver, very nice, very nice lady. Don't think she's going to hear this. She was talking about her dead husband the whole time. It's 4.30 in the morning, and I'm just hearing about, you know, how much she misses her husband. That, that, that was brutal. Got to the convention center. I didn't have my badge. I said, Uber me back to the hotel. <laughs> so I doubled back, went all the way around, more husband stuff. Finally got in line. I was so far behind you, Jared. I was a well, mile behind. And not just that, but you were texting me. You're like, my Uber driver missed the exit oh yeah and, and then you're like Shoot. and she's driving very slow driving super slow telling me the saddest story and so distracted by her own grief that she's missing exits it was uh it was something and that wasn't the only traumatic uber experience i had in indianapolis what's going on in that town man the other uber i got this dude immediately launched into me and my kids are living in my hotel and if i can't pay the bill tonight they're going to kick us out of the hotel i was so sad for that dude i gave him a promo mickey and i was like please go try to sell this i don't know how else to help you i mean i tipped him obviously <laughs> but like uh yeah what's going on in that town dude it felt like i was in detroit or something like why is everyone so desperate in indianapolis my Uber drivers were just fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All but right. I was going to say, you were in line, you were far enough in a line that they counted you off, right? They did. I was. You were one, 113, weren't you? 116. 116. Yeah. And, and I was. I was 116. And when I got up there, the two things I wanted were sold out. Oh. 116. I didn't get the stitch binder and I didn't get the steamboat 
Willie play Matt. Those were the only thought. Oh, he look at that. Showed me the, just the showed it to him. I, uh, because I was number 76. So I won't say you were a mile behind me. And I was trying to save you a spot in line, but as soon as you told me you had to go back to the hotel, I was like, yeah. I, I can't hold it for that long. Yeah. yeah. You, you uh, guys do understand that you're like, uh, talking about 76th in line and a hundred and whatever in line. And I'm like, that is, that is rookie numbers guys. <laughs> I've been like, you know, from waiting at the, at the star Wars thing, uh, force awakens panel at comic-con, I was, I don't know, waiting from Wednesday with my group from like 9 PM on Wednesday night for a 5 PM Friday panel. And I was like 500th in line. <laughs> wow yeah i mean it was still gen con like i mean it's like it, it was wild but it was wild for gen con <laughs> okay all right yeah <laughs> um so then uh oh i want to tell the mail story just because it was such an adventure I'll, I'll get through this one quickly so i by the time i got my third box i started really panicking because I was leaving from Indianapolis to Japan for nine days and I bought way more stuff than I thought I was going to. I really did think I was going to go to Gen Con and get one box, but I ended up with three boxes. I had already opened two of them completely. So I just had a giant stack of cards. Plus I got uh, one of each starter deck. And then I interviewed Nicholas Cole. And during that interview, PR gave me another starter deck. I got, two card boxes and a binder the queen binder is that it oh and they gave me another playmat so i have two of the maleficent playmats and i my my suitcase was already packed for like nine days in japan after this so i was like panicking anybody who saw me i couldn't talk about anything except getting rid of all all these cards so i'm Try oh so I was first I was talking to PR about the problem and they were like oh we were trying to ship stuff out and there's like nowhere to ship stuff around here and I was like what it's a convention center of course there's got to be a FedEx or something every convention center I've ever been in yeah has shipping so I decide what I so sh I get convinced that there's nowhere to ship here so I decide I'm going to go down to the expo floor and buy some kind of storage Connor showed me like a big case for cards and I was like I'm just going to check that. And just like fly around, fly to Japan with this big like storage box of cards. So I'm on my way down to the floor and I'm texting James, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then you're like, there's a FedEx in the uh, Marriott. In the JW Marriott. In the yeah. JW Marriott. And I'm coming down the escalator and you go, there's a FedEx in the JW Marriott. It closes at six. And I go, okay it's 558 i was like mad i was like why are you telling me this useless information <laughs> at 558 i meanwhile I, i'm on the i'm on the west coast going it's like it's only three o'clock i don't know what you're <laughs> mad about so yeah so i look at my i look down on my phone you're like fedex and the jw marriott closes at six i look up it occurs to me i'm in the jw marriott and i'm now looking at the fedex I finish coming down the escalator. I run into the FedEx. No one's in there. It's just one guy. And I go, I can't take all these Lorcana cards to Japan. And he goes, I got you. He runs behind me. He pulls the gate shut and locks the door. And he goes, 
just dump it all out. So I start unloading cards on the table, just like piles and piles of cards, binders, all starter decks, everything on the table. And he starts pulling out business card boxes and filling them up, filling up all these boxes. I was in there for five minutes. We, he packaged it all up. It was like 40 bucks. He mailed it home. <laughs> I can't believe it happened. I can't. It was so like cool. the luckiest thing ever. Yeah. Like one of the coolest I, stories. I fulfilled my man in the chair duties. <laughs> I want to be the yeah. guy in the chair. Yeah. I'm the guy in the chair. It was a very, it was a very birds of prey moment. You were, you were my Barbara Gordon. Nice. Uh, and then, and then I was like, oh, well, obviously I'm not going to ship this box. I haven't opened yet. <laughs> then I can't open it. So I went back upstairs into the ballroom at the J Marriott, opened my third box and pulled out the enchanted. It was a very enchanted experience. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. But then the thing people actually probably want to hear about is the, uh, the launch party, the media yes. party, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm long story guy today. Sorry, man. Uh, okay. So I wish I could remember the name of the bar. I don't because I'm not from Indianapolis, uh, but uh, Disney, not even Robinsberger, Disney invited me to this event. It was Saturday night. Started at like 7 p.m. I got there at 8 because I'm a cool guy. I don't show up places on time. Um, it was like a private event at this bar. They had window clings up. It was all decorated with Lorcana iconography. I walked in. I saw familiar PR people. They asked me what my color was, my Lorcana color. Uh, because they had lanyards with these placards of all the different inks. So, of course, I said all together. Amethyst. Emerald. emerald? <laughs> I said emerald. They gave me the green one. They said, why is everybody picking emerald? I said, it should be obvious. Um, the bar had all the drinks. If you know about the event in Germany, I'm sure that they were the same. But they were just, it was just like open bar order, like the emerald drink or the amethyst drink or whatever. They were delicious. I didn't have all of them. I had at least three of them. They were great. Um, they had a make your own Lorcana card booth. They, yes. If you saw the pictures of the um, Enchanted Seeker winners when they had the ink caster, they have a real ink caster. Yeah. Like a, like a full-size model ink caster that lights up. I held it, I took a picture with it, and then they put that picture on a Lorcana card. So I have a Lorcana card of me. That's crazy. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I put a picture of it on Twitter, on my Twitter, so you, or the website formerly known as Twitter. Uh, so you can see that there. Uh, what else? So um, there were Disney execs there. There were Ravensburger upper people there. And then, of course... Ryan and Steve and Samantha McFerrin, the narrative designer, the uh, creative director, Shane, all the peeps. The peeps were out. Um, Nicholas Cole was there and um, Brian gave a speech, gave a very nice uh, speech. Then we watched the trailer, which I think everyone's seen now, right? Yeah, it came out like a day or two later. Yeah. We watched the trailer, and then they gave us all these bags. And in our bags, we had uh, another starter deck, 
<laughs> I left with three Sapphire Steel. I left Gen Con with three Sapphire Steel starter decks. Um, so we they gave us another starter deck, three packs, um, and like a playmat, and then this card that showed six cards, one of each ink. And the goal was to trade until you had the cards on your sheet. And everybody had different sheets. Um, and so there was a bunch of tables set up where people could play. And I was like trying to trade with people to get mine. And if you got all six of the cards, you got a print of uh, Nicholas Cole's Maleficent uh, signed by him. Nice. Yeah. Like a, a whatever like printer paper size is, like a small print. Um, so it was mostly just, I guess I was there for like three and a half, four hours, just talking with, uh, you know, the lower kind of developers. I had a really long conversation, uh, with Steve, which was cool. It was the first time I met him. I know you guys met him before, um, but I had never spoken with him in person before. And it was really cool to talk to him, except and he's not going to hear this, but there's this other guy who just like walked up and joined our conversation, didn't introduce himself or anything. And all of his questions were like, I've never heard of Lorcana. Please tell me like, what, what is, what, what is ink? So I'm trying to have like a design conversation with Steve and this guy's just like, and the inkwell, how does that work? He must've been on fire. Dude, would you really walk up to the designer of the game and ask him like, these super basic questions like would you not be embarrassed like google it before you come to the party dude like you know and then he started complaining that he only got one starter deck he goes uh he's like so what's the elevator pitch for like my wife to get her to play and like steve launches into this whole thing about how it's like so approachable and he's like yeah but i only have like one deck so like how am i even going to play with it and he's and steve's just like i don't know if there's any extra decks maybe you could ask somebody like <laughs> so and i'm I'm like i'm trying to talk to him about the nitty-gritty details you know i'm trying to talk to him about like balance and design and it was just like dude you're like throwing up roadblocks in this like conversation i'm trying to have it wasn't steve's fault he's awesome um that was the first time i also met shane uh that was super fun he was talking about you know getting acquiring all the artists and coming up with like the visual design of the game. He uh, he talked about. Uh, there's something funny I can share. Let me think about. It. Sorry, I, I've been in Japan for ten days, so this was like a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So he was talking about how, like, in the brainstorming process, I'm sure this is similar for most TCGs. Like, ideas never go away because if you don't use something, it could you could use it eventually. Like the game just goes forever, you know? So like anything you think of now, even if it doesn't make it in chapter one, chapter two, like it could eventually become something. So he's talking about how they just like, you know, throw things at the wall and maybe it'll become something, maybe it doesn't. One of the one of the things he threw out there was like, he was really trying to make a uh, Cruella DeVille race car driver, <laughs> you know? Uh, that would be right? cool. Right, because the, the, the like iconic shot of her like driving angry, you know? But like reimagined as like a Formula One racer. That'd be so he was cool. Like, yeah, he was like, I don't know, maybe it doesn't fit. Maybe it's a little too out there right now. But that's just like something we have that could be something eventually. Uh, and I thought that was super fun. 
I'm sure there were other details I'm forgetting. I really should have taken notes, but it wasn't one of those things where you want, I wasn't like doing formal interviews with people, you know? I was just like there like chatting with people. So I didn't want to like turn it into like, you know, like a press session. It wasn't really like that. Right. So, um, uh, but it was a great time. I got uh, Lorcana macarons as I left, like one of each ink color. Uh, were they just... were they hexagon shaped? No, they were just round. But we were there so late that they were like tearing the place down. They they like pulled all the art down. They turned the lights on. I was still standing there with Ryan talking. Uh, a bunch of people were um, showing him pictures of their babies because he just had a baby too so everybody was like sharing pictures of their babies and i walked up and i was like hey man what about my baby and i showed him a picture of me with my enchanted card (laughs) (laughs) he thought that was very funny i think he acted like it was funny yeah well i mean it was was marginally funny (laughs) it it got a chuckle out of me um Yeah. yeah it was a cool event and it was it was cool that like throughout Lorcana week and and before that i you know i had like collaborated collaborated with all these people interviewed these people and it was really cool to to get to meet them all and you know celebrate the end of that whole Lorcana week thing you know yeah not that it was a party for me or anything but it was a nice it was a nice bow to wrap everything up and yeah exactly yeah and then and then you went to japan and then i went to japan there was a bunch of recognizable people at that party too like there was like press people, but then there was like a lot of influencers and stuff. You know that um, I don't know if you guys are on TikTok, but there's a guy with like a long bushy mustache, like a handlebar mustache that talks about board games. His name's like Brian recommends or something. Anyway, some, somebody will know him. Somebody will know him. He was he was there. Um, there's a bunch of influencer types there as well. I am waxing nostalgic here. Yeah, Lorcana is releasing on the same day that this podcast drops. Oh, cool. Um, but we will never not have a time where Lorcana isn't available again. So I know I wanted to ask each of you, what has this Lorcana journey meant to you? Um, I never thought I would get to be part of like a game right at the beginning like this. I've always loved pokemon cards but that i would you know i was very young when that whole thing started and as i've like continued to be involved with pokemon cards it's always been like a sort of you know grasping at my childhood kind of thing um so this has been such an amazing thing to be here right at the beginning to be part of a community as it is formed and to in a small way like be part of the game's launch too with with the coverage i've gotten to do so um like i get to be a fan i get to be um you know involved on the media side of things and it's just been uh it's been a super unique experience um because you know like pokemon's cool and i love it but i'm not like part of pokemon you know when i like go to worlds and there's ten thousand people there like i feel like once lore kind of gets to that point i'm gonna I am going to feel like I am part of it in a, in a totally different way. Uh, for me, um, having it's, I've been a part of different fandoms and had really good experiences. And uh, this one is shaping up to be 
similar to those where it's it's just a lot of it's just a lot of feel good moments going through you know like being able to meet people being able to have this community thing being able to get cool stuff and see cool stuff and and just be a part of something as it grows and changes and i i, I think that's it it's just being a part of it what i mean you know we're just you know we're just a couple of guys you know talking on a on the internet but you know i get to play the game with my wife i get to play the game with my friends who i've just made in the last 11 months yeah through this and people that I'm going to be playing games with, hopefully for many years to come and, you know, whenever we get a chance and just something like that is, is very cool that, you know, it's, it's, you look at what the, if you take, remove Lorcana entirely from, uh, from it, it's, it's just a product that a corporation is making. I mean, if you look at it that way, it's, that's all it is. But then you start attaching all those other things. You start attaching the community, the friendships, the games, all of that. And it becomes so much more to where being a product from a corporation is the least of it going forward. It's now everything that's around it that matters. And that's, I think that's the important thing that I've taken away from uh, previous fan fandom kind of things and thing and things I've been involved in. And now this is that, you need to make sure, and that's what I'm doing is I'm I'm enjoying the journey uh and not worrying so much about everything else. Yeah, I I can't say much better than that, James. That was awesome. <laughs> um I'll just say before Lorcana, like when Lorcana was announced, I was just a guy. <laughs> um and <laughs> now I I started this Twitter account and I had no idea what journey that would take me on. And a lot of the friendships were forged in the discord. That's where, you know, James and I met, but uh, Twitter and the discord have opened so many doors for me. And like you said, there've been so many highlights from gamma to knives to ink reveal to talking about the stupid ink pot theory at the beginning to uh gen con and we've seen it grow from this small like group of people to now like it's hard to keep up i go on the discord and it's like every single day there's new people in there and the fact that people have found what we have to say valuable enough that they, you know, follow me on Twitter, they subscribe to this podcast. Like like Eric said, it's just I'm truly truly humbled that we get to be a part of we get to be a voice in this community. And that is something that I will forever be astonished by and forever grateful for. So for me that's been that's been my journey. Yeah, when I was talking about Gen Con before, I didn't touch on it too much. But I mean, the the best part of all of that, like getting cards early and stuff, is cool. But like, it was really, it was really the the meeting everybody, you know, and seeing everybody. And it's just such a it's such a unique thing that we have this like built in friend group. Like when you meet a Lorcana person, you immediately have something in common, and you can just like automatically be friends, you know. And uh, and everyone was amazing i didn't meet one jerk 
the entire thing. Even the like greasy TCG guys that can't stop like flipping their cards. You know what I'm talking about? You know who you are. Flipping <laughs> your cards when we're trying to play a game. Like even the people that get, get like a bad rap in TCG space, all those people were awesome. They were all super nice to me. Uh, and, and I had a great time with everybody. I met so many people uh, at Gen Con and I feel like I like made 40 new friends in a weekend. <laughs> That's such a crazy experience. Yeah. <laughs> James, you had a good weekend though. Didn't you? you slept in. You, you oh, were the yeah. guy in the chair, remember? I got to be the guy in the chair at least once. <laughs> I got to I got to yell at uh yell at Gen Con for Thursday on on Twitter. I got I was the the angry guy on the internet for a short time. Yeah. You know. You know, everyone I talked to from Ravensburger but from PR to like the design team like every single one of them was like you have to give Gen Con credit for pulling it together. Like they deserve, they definitely deserve to be criticized for what happened on Thursday. But every time I was like, uh, you know, talking to anyone on Ravensburger side and I was like, Hey, great job. Like fixing everything in the end. I like, that was so crazy. And then it got, it was so smooth. They're like, no, 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 that was Gen Con. They did that. They figured it out. It was their idea to bring the coffee out for, for everybody. Like they organized the line. Like that was all Gen Con. They pulled it together. They want they fantastic. really wanted to make sure Gen Con got credit for that. So good to hear. Because yeah, I was pretty mad at Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I wasn't even there. Well, so Yeah, it was well, outrageous. And, well, and uh when we were in line on Thursday, Steve walked by, Steve Warner. And he's like, we tried to warn them that it was going to be a big deal. Yeah, I'm sure they um, did. Yeah. And and I'm sure like they've seen big deals before, but this is a big deal mixed in with Disney adults. <laughs> so uh, right. we're a little fanatical. Um, and we know how lines work. I don't remember who was the first person to say that, but it, the reason it's, it's such a uh, violation is because Disney people know how to stand in line you know <laughs> they've trained us well <laughs> <laughs> yeah and as soon we're as they were well like trained. yeah as soon as they betrayed the sanctity of the line like of course you guys all lost your shit so it just it felt like despair i mean because yeah. we'd been waiting there for so long and when the guy came and lifted the rope and we were on the flank instead of the front like my heart just sunk i'm like have i just wasted all these hours <laughs> and yeah. am i not even going to get any product today like it was just right but but yeah. to your point they they brought it together uh every other day was, was fantastic and yeah like like i was talking to steve at another time he said it really was a gen con policy that they don't do lines so the fact that they recognize that this was big enough that they and and you know how like organizations work stuff like this never happens on the fly but the right. fact that they were able to make this happen and happen the next day was, well, I yeah, I give kudos to them for sure. Hey, uh, uh, Jared, were people who were not Lorcana, there for Lorcana, uh, did you have any negative experiences at, at Gen Con? Me personally, no, but I know there was a guy who was trying to cut in line. He became known as Blue Shirt Guy. <laughs> I remember that, yeah. <laughs> and then there was another guy who had 
gotten a spot. This was on Friday. Yeah, Friday when I was waiting in line. No, Saturday. And he had gotten there early in the morning. Then he left for four hours. And then he tried to get back to his spot in line. He's like, oh, I just left for breakfast. Yeah. (laughs) And they had to come and chat with him. And eventually they did not let him get his spot back in line. And people cheered. But as far as like non-Lorcana people, I didn't have that experience. I had some negative encounters. They were brief. And it wasn't like nobody like yelled at me or anything. But I would say... I would say at least 10 people uh, asked me what I was in line for. And then when I told them, either said something rude or made a rude gesture or in some way indicated that it was like stupid, pathetic, embarrassing, or bad that we were all there waiting for Lurkana cards. Okay. Uh, I will say, I guess, now knowing the context of what you're saying, not in line because I was at the front where everybody else was like hardcore there. But there were times where we were playing games like in the open gaming area or whatever where people would walk by and <laughs> yeah, they would ask questions like that or make comments like that. Uh, That's weird, right? That yeah. surprised me a little bit because I was like, what are you here for? That's so cool. <laughs> like. <laughs> my cards are better than your cards <laughs> yeah like what how how are we the nerds at gen con <laughs> that is that is pretty funny how can you be a nerd at a gaming convention like the, the yeah. standout nerd right yeah. i mean now now there are there are levels of nerdery i mean you got to admit but everybody's there for games everybody's playing games everybody's buying games you're all doing the same thing yeah, we're not like interlopers or something. Like, Lorcan is a real game. <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought it was weird that people were so negative towards me. And then in the time since then, I've seen like posts and some TikToks and some reaction stuff from people criticizing the game. Uh, and I, I find that interesting because there, it's one thing if it's not for you, totally get that. Like, uh, you know, I'm looking for something that's more involved, I'm looking for something that's more inventive. You know, I'm a I'm a heavy TCG player, and this is very entry level. That kind of like criticism totally makes sense. But that I'm seeing a lot of like this isn't good because X Y Z. You know, like Lorcan is a bad game because it doesn't push the envelope. And it's like, oh, but that's why it's good for me. That's why it's good for so many of the people that were at their first Gen Con. Or well, it's like, who are they targeting? TCG. Yeah, yeah, I find that I find that interesting. I keep seeing that sentiment that's like here here's a generic card game with Disney characters on it. And it's like awesome. I'm excited about it. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> I I think it's a Not testament. That I think they're kind of generic, but I understand where they're coming from. And I just think that's a positive. That's why I like it. I think it's a testament to how big Lorcana is gonna be because if it was just a game that was gonna yeah, if it was just a game that was going to be like a flash in the pan, nobody would pay any attention to it. But the fact that people feel like they can create these negative reaction videos, and let's be honest, negativity <laughs> spreads faster and wider than positivity. And the fact that people are already making videos before the game is out um, speaks to just how big uh, of a thing this is going to be, t- to me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, get get your get your jabs in now when when it's you know when it's big and popular you know you're gonna get possibly drowned out so 
get those jabs in while you can. <laughs> yeah, we were the first ones on board of being positive. These guys are trying to be the first on board of being negative. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess that's right. <laughs> Speaking of the future, looking at Lorcana going forward, what do you see big picture? Um, For me, I'll, I'll just preface this. Mm-hmm. When I was there in the gaming hall in Hall B, where all the tables were set up, and, you know, there's probably however many tables there were for Lorcana, maybe like 20, 30, I don't know. But then I saw how many tables there were for magic. <laughs> I was just like, maybe Lorcana will never be this big. Probably won't. But I can see a day where the Lorcana tables are taking up a huge portion of the uh, play hall, just like magic was. I mean, it kind of is similar to the thoughts you were talking about when you were in Japan and you are thought- thinking about the future of Lorcana. So what do you guys think? big picture Lorcana is going to look like in the future so it's really fun to dream about it getting bigger and bigger forever i think uh one of the one of the, one of our memes is like Lorcana cruise right because disney has great cruises and how fun would it be to do a Lorcana cruise and we think about like regionals and what would Lorcana world championship be like and i think all that stuff is really fun to dream about to be honest when I think about what really matters to me, it's just that I have a full house every week at my local game store to play with. That's all I actually really need. If there's cool people at my store, if the game is getting regular releases and I can get product and play with people, like it's not going to bother me if we never get Lorcana Worlds at the Disney World Resort or whatever, you know? Like, if I can keep playing this game for years to come and I have a small local community to play with, that's, that's all I, that's all I need. Um, and I think that's a pretty reasonable uh, projection. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you don't need it. I mean, it would, like I said, it would be nice to have it as a dream of all this big stuff and Lorcana everything, but a game you can play and have fun with regularly with with a group of friends or uh, a community that's going to be awesome um what what am i seeing big picture uh you know i think what i want out of this is yeah a game i can play for a very long time something i can collect uh and honestly i i would enjoy there being like worlds and things but i would of course have a very great uh uh FOMO about all of that because I know I'm not going to ever be good enough to play in those so I would be missing out on all the things that people win at those and I would be bummed about that. But here's so the great thing they have side events at these tournaments that oh, people no, like I would you and I could participate in. <laughs> yeah yeah but that that promo that they get for winning worlds or something like that that would that would grate on me because I want to collect everything I'm mean, it's the way I am unfortunately mm-hmm. and, and it's a really annoying and I know it's <laughs> annoying and I know it's expensive and I'm going to try and and not be like that. I mean, otherwise I'd be buying like every single French version of every single card, every German <laughs> yeah, dude, version. You send me links to German product. I'm like, what are, where are we going? This yeah. is a dark rabbit hole to go down. So I'm like, I'm trying really hard to rein myself in. But what I want to see is because this game is leaking out into other things, I want it to continue to do that. So I want comic books. Yeah. I want a Disney plus animated show. 
You know, I want stuff that I want that six part super in depth uh, Leslie Iwerks documentary about the making of the game mm-hmm. and and all of that. I want more stuff around it to help build the world uh, of Lorcana. And I want to see, you know, all the Disney stuff continually being pumped in uh, over the years so that we can see, you know, everyone's expecting Pixar. I want to see Pixar. I want to see Disney Afternoon. I want to see all that stuff. If they never bring Marvel and Star Wars into it, I'll be okay. If they bring it in, I'll be okay. If they just make it like they do for Villainous and it's like it's got the same name, but they don't go together, I'm also okay with that. Hmm. Um, But I would just want to see the growth of it i want to and the and if it's growing then we can keep playing and if they do other stuff that's going to bring other people in and keep it going for even longer so that's what i want i also think it's going to be really important to not go too big too fast because the call from the fans is always going to be more 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 no matter what no matter how much we get it's always going to be like what's next what's next what's next and so the chat the challenge for them is like to keep going bigger without going too big you know so like comic books tv shows awesome stuff i hope we don't get that for a little while you know yeah and i hope like set two doesn't have this crazy new mechanic or a new rarity because then we'll need that every set and the game will just like spin out of control so it, it will be uh it'll be interesting to see how much they can like rein it in while still keeping things exciting like having the first, the entire first four that we know, first four sets we know are going to be kind of like a story, the beginning, ah. the beginning of the story, you know, have set four introduce something like bigger than any other set, just because it's the end of the story and have it be like the end of a season where there's a cliffhanger that you can't wait for the next season. Have it right. be some kind of a thing that gets put in, like one of the cards has some amazing art on it that like is this total massive thing about the story or something like that where you get this thing that just keeps pushing the game forward but like you said not like every single set because we don't need that every single set we need like we need to fill in like treasure planet get some more treasure planet characters in there because we only got one and then like lower down the frozen a little bit because we got 15 of them or whatever it is (laughs) you know and just kind of give us that shifting here and there until we get to those big moments every three or four sets or whatever I'm convinced that because they said the first four sets complete a story like I'm pretty well convinced that the first four sets are probably just going to have characters from the IPs that we've already seen. You think so? I don't think so. I think they're going to do something like that last bit where we got like one treasure planet. They're going to throw in like one or two little shockers. Maybe maybe in set four, but I don't know. Uh, That would be interesting. That would be a great way to make sure that they're <laughs> they they constantly have a new stable of characters to draw on. That's fair, but of course we can just do new versions of every character forever. That's true. Yeah. We're not going to run out of characters. Never going to run out. I think people are going to get weird if we don't get any new movies in set two. If chapter if they start re- leaking cards for chapter two and there's no new movie represented, I think people are going to be like, "What the heck's going on?" right okay all right maybe i shot down my theory there (laughs) i uh i want to go back to something eric talked about i like even though i'll never probably be good enough to be competitive i do want to see 
a world championship. And again, it doesn't have to be right away. It's something I'd like to see being built up to, but seeing the pictures of you at Pokemon world or yeah. uh, people when they go to the big magic tournaments, or even when I was a kid uh, playing the star Wars decipher game at home, uh, they had something called decipher con and to be a part of something like that. I mean, that would just be like the ultimate experience uh, as being a player of this game. And who knows, maybe I could get good enough to uh, to to get an invite. But even if not, just being there, um, being caught up in the zeitgeist of that moment where everything that you've been working for for a whole year, everybody's been playing for this. And then you get to see the accomplishment or you get to see everybody um, there, you know? Yeah. I, I, I just think that would be a really cool thing. And, and I really hope that eventually it gets to that point. It's a it's an amazing experience because while it is you know competitive focused and it is about the esports, it's grown, especially this year, into you know Pokemon Con, and the kinds of things that they had set up around the city were just mind blowing. I mean, they had they had a cruise ship that was transformed into the SS Ant. And every floor of the cruise was a different type of like battle arena. So like the first floor was like trading card game and then video game and then terror raids. And like, as you worked your way up, there was all different games and it was just open tables and you would just sit down and like play battle somebody or trade or like whatever. And the whole thing was like decorated with all Pokemon stuff. It was amazing. They had live shows. They had a drone show. They had an art walk that went through the whole city. They had custom manhole covers with Pokemon on them, replacing all the manhole covers in the city. Like, it it, it was like Pokemon Con. Like, you didn't have to be invited to be a competitive player there um, to, to really enjoy it. But to your point, like, maybe maybe none of us are ever going to be good enough to get invited to Lorcana Worlds, but our friends will, you know? And like getting getting to like celebrate and cheer on people we know that are competing in on like a professional level is an amazing feeling. So that will be very cool, even if you're not gonna personally be one of those people. It's just that that community aspect of it, you know. All right. So I have a quick question. Uh just because we have gotta ask at least one question, right? <laughs> let's 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 do some our journalistic duty here. Why do you think it is? that we don't have comprehensive rules yet. Why is it? I sure it's would like to know because I ask every day. <laughs> it's it's uh, mind-boggling to me that the game comes out on Friday and we don't have comprehensive rules and no, not even any chatter about comprehensive rules. You think that would be pretty important for people that are going to be running events in two days or whatever, right? You'd think. Um, I, it, it is very strange to me that that is being so closely held. And I, it makes me wonder if either it was a work in progress or because, so like when, when they do those Q and A's on like Twitter and stuff, that is as much for their benefit as it is ours, right? Like they're answering our questions, but they're also gathering what questions they hadn't thought to answer before. 
like they're learning about game scenarios that hadn't come up on their end because they can play test. They could play test all day, every day for five, 10 years. And it's a blip in what the global community is going to be able to do in the first week, you know? Yeah. So, so they need our help to test and learn about the game too. And I wonder if that's part of why we haven't seen the rules yet is because there's still things being added to it. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. It why makes it's sense. So and, and, and having a really nice app where they can just throw them up there and, and have it be a living document makes it nice where they don't yeah. have to print it out or, you know, send it out with everything and then have it be outdated as soon as they send it. Yeah. Um, it's Wednesday night and I have like mild confidence that the rules will be available by the time you hear this. Um, I'm trying, so we'll see. <laughs> you have more confidence than me. But you probably know more than me too. It, it does seem unreasonable to expect people to run competitions without the rules. Well, another thing that surprises me is in their tweets, like late last year, earlier this year, people asked them about a judge program and they said that there would be a judge program right. leading up to release. But again, that's something else we just haven't heard about. And we don't have the store locator either, right? Right. Like, like, especially for the local store launch, the store locator should be available. That was a huge surprise. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. All, all I, I can say is launching a new TCG must be really hard. <laughs> I was going to say, it's it's got to be a lot of things that, you know, nothing goes perfectly. Lots of things go wrong. And I'm sure plenty of things are going wrong that they're having to put the fires out and just not having a lot of them, not having all worked together and done it before means there's just going to be problems. Yeah. And let's not take for granted, like, uh, this is one of those things where it's like, I don't know anything about anything. I, I, I know I'm like journalist guy, but I'm just saying stuff sometimes. So I don't know what I'm talking about, but they had the entire, they had like everyone at Gen Con everyone that works for the company, right? Even they were like running cash registers, people like designers and PR people and like whatever. And people get really sick at conventions. They just, it's the con crud, man. Like, so who knows if a bunch of that team came back from Gen Con a week and a half ago and they've all been laid up since then. I don't know. But that's a, that's a, yeah, that's a real thing that happens. I, half of the media group I was with in Japan all have COVID now. Half of us, people that I was like having dinners with every single night. Um, luckily, I had it recently. I had it like three months ago from a convention. You lucky duck. I got it at a convention. <laughs> so like, yeah, man, I, I don't know. That's, uh, yeah. Like I said. Yeah, I it's, it happens. It's, it's basically happening at conventions. I mean, I saw after coming home from Comic-Con, so many people like in Artist Alley were saying that they caught it, you yeah. know, because they just see and, and meet so many people. And there are people who are going to go if they're sick or even if they, if they don't know they're sick. So, right. And they sent their entire staff to a convention two weeks before their game comes out. Yeah. I put a poll up on Twitter about five days after Gen Con ended asking people if they came home sick. And it was probably about 25% that said yes. Uh, uh, Teddy was really sick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Adara got really sick too. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
It happens. It's a con. There's there's just normal sickness. There's, you know, COVID sickness. There's there's wearing yourself down and not eating right. And, right. you know, your body just rebelling. All kinds of things can happen. But yeah. everybody had fun, mostly. <laughs> so, I had fun. Yeah. Um, so as you're listening to this, maybe you're waiting for your event to happen at your local game store for the weekend of release. Uh, maybe you have cards already and you're sorting through them. Uh, it's it's going to be an awesome weekend. Uh, if, no matter when you're listening to this, before or after, we hope that your weekend is and or was amazing or will be amazing. And you get the stuff that you want and you can play some games. And uh, we can't wait to do the same. Are we out of time? Because there's one other topic. I want oh, to no, mention. we're not out of time. I just was kind of wrapping up that that. Because we hadn't talked about the fact that this is coming out that this weekend of release, and I wanted to mention, yeah, you know, we're going, we're going big time. So something I think a lot of people are going to have on their minds right now is organization, because you mentioned sorting cards, and I know James, you've been very on top of like getting boxes and binders and all kinds of stuff, and like having a plan for your stuff. But for those of us, for hmm, maybe somebody who's listening who might not have planned ahead. For all the stuff you're gonna need, can we talk about like what we're gonna do? Because nobody wants to have 500 cards in a pile and not and not know what to do with them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. James and I were just on a podcast on Monday where we were talking about this as guest for somebody else. <laughs> well, let me tell you what I'm doing, and you can tell me what a mistake I'm making. <laughs> so the first thing. I had to pause for a fact. Uh, the first thing is I have a 1600 card box and I have just put all my cards in number order and then separated them by color, basically. And as I get bulk, that's where that's going to go in this 1600 card box until it's full. And then I'll just get another one and I'll keep filling that up. Then I have a, a top loader binder where I just have one of every card in order. That's going to be my like master set. But I, what I'm missing is I don't know what to do with new stuff I get right when I get it. Because like my big box of cards that are all in order need to be sorted in. But what happens when I'm just like at the store and I pull an enchanted or like I pull some rares? Like, what, how are you, what are you guys doing on the spot? Cause I'm not going to lug the 1600 card box and my, top loader binder around they wouldn't even fit in a backpack so what are you guys doing like what's your like on the go situation for when you get cards and you need to like protect them so you saw the backpack that i had at gen con that's going to be my tcg backpack and it's big enough that it holds like my deck box it has two decks and can hold like accessories but then also it has a bottom part that unzips and i'm just going to leave top loaders and sleeves in there uh, in case I do get um, an enchanted or whatever, that's my on-the-go solution. Okay, and when you want to build decks, you're just gonna build them at home and then bring them with you. That's a plan. Uh, yeah, we were on the Overexerted podcast, and that's what Charles was saying. He's like, I have to have six decks built. Uh, I'm not that way yet. Maybe someday uh -huh. I will be, but uh, right now I'm a one-deck kind of guy. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll include some starter decks to jam games with new players, but as far as constructed decks, just one. 
I just I feel anxious about not having it with me because like what if I what if somebody needs something or I want to trade something like I know I can't bring all my cards with me all the time because of, they're in these like big boxes and stuff. But then how am I supposed to like trade or build decks or like all right. and this stitch binder is going to be my trade binder exactly. So that's what I was planning. I've been talking to Beth about this and about what we need to buy versus what we don't versus what you know would be good for saving and whatever. So since I'm the one who showed you that top loader binder, you know, I have one as well. That's again, yeah. my master set is going as well is into the top loader binder and that's staying home and never leaving. Uh -huh. That's, that's my collection that stays separate from my play. Uh -huh. um, so for playing, I bought a single deck box. So it's, it's all it can hold is one deck with a few extra cards and uh, dice and things for, for, for tokens and whatnot. That's all I have room for, for the deck box. That's my playing deck. But uh, just like Jared mentioned the and held up the stitch binder, I was planning on buying a binder to take for trading. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, why buy an extra binder when I can use the stitch or the queen binder for that? So it only has 60 slots. But you, you're not going to have that much trade bait because you're only going to be taking rares, super rares, and legendaries. Because okay. that's, everyone else is going to be getting so many commons and uncommons, and those don't need to be in a binder. You can just bring, like, you can go buy, like, one of those white card boxes that holds, like, 200 cards and yeah. throw all your commons in one of those if you want to bring them for trading. So, okay, so I guess the logistic concern, like, the reason I don't think that 60-card binder will work for me, because you're right, it is going to be legendaries, super rares, but it's going to be a lot of rares, but also every hollow. Okay, so you're 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 not keeping your foils, right? Well, I am, but I'm going to have extra foils to trade, right? Right. I mean, I already do. Right. And I want my so what I've been doing with my like master set binder of top loaders is just switching out a foil version. If I get the foil, I just swap it out. But okay. all my extra foils, I I want to have available for trading. Okay. But, yeah, so like a 60 card binder so, is not going to Right. So what I would bit. suggest is uh probably just a, a either another four, you know, 2 by 2 four page binder but just has more pages in it from like uh, Ultra Pro or someone like that. Uh-huh. Or uh get an actual 9 card binder that you can carry around one of those zip up ones so that the cards don't go flying out. Yeah. And just keep it stocked with everything that you have that you're trading. Just find whatever size fits for what you're going to have regularly. I wonder if I should just have like three stitch binders. <laughs> they are well, very convenient. They are, but uh, you will pay about the same for one like 200 card, nine True. card binder as yeah. one stitch binder. Yeah. So, and, and while I definitely say, you know, support and buy Lorcana stuff, um, you don't need to buy everything Lorcana stuff. Like today, I, I, I stopped at the local game store where I'm going to be playing and I bought six uh of those bcw long card boxes that hold like 900 cards uh -huh. that were like three bucks a box super cheap and i'm just i bought six of them because i'm just going to keep all my bulk separated by ink in order yeah and and just fill it up over the time and if it gets full i'll buy another one and start filling the next one right you know and that just it's it makes it where it's easy to store up in a closet if you don't want to you know have if you're not going to be bringing it out too often or it's nice and convenient where you can just have the six different boxes and like, Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be building. I haven't built this deck in a while. 
I'm going to use Amber and I got to go get all my Amber commons and uncommons and start pulling them out if I don't have a binder where my playset is in. Because you can also get a binder for your playset. One of those 12 cards per page binders that holds like yeah. 480 cards where you can put your entire playset for each set in a full binder. Yeah, but then you got to be one of those guys that rolls a suitcase around. Yeah. <laughs> so Not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that. I would say probably what you would need to do if you're going to be bringing a lot of things where you're going to maybe be like moving stuff in and out of decks or or giving decks to people to test with or whatever, like at events, yeah. is you're probably going to need to upgrade to a multi-deck deck box that one right, of the, right. the brands makes like Gamegenic or Ultra Guard was it ultimate guard or one of those companies makes that holds like four four sets you know enough cars to make four decks or five decks um i'm actually yeah. probably going to upgrade to one where it holds the playmat on one side and then like 400 or 500 sleeved cards on the other side plus a compartment for dice and tokens and whatnot mm. just so everything can be in one box that would be nice yeah i will just add this to you for the local like when i go to my locals I think the stitch binder will be enough for me. Like I'm not a huge trader like you, but definitely when I go to bigger events, that's when I'll bring my binders and stuff. Yeah. What about you listener? Leave us a comment down below the video and let us know how you'll be organizing your cards. Oh boy. You're working it. <laughs> Maybe we should bring him on as a co-host. He remembers to do See? stuff like that. I had had intentions of doing that once per episode. And I think we only did it once. <laughs> anyway we're ready to wrap on. this up maybe are we i are mean we? we could we could be taught we could talk for another hour if we had to i mean it's it's all lorcana all the time i saw pikachu's dancing and it changed my life you saw like multiple pikachu's dancing yeah it was a lot it was a lot of pikachu's dancing but they do make so many pikachu cards so i think it was you know thematically correct where you could see five pikachu's dancing at once I spent a hundred thousand yen at one Pokemon Center, and I went to three Pokemon Centers. What uh, yeah. what does that translate to American dollars? Like seven hundred. You know, but a hundred thousand yen sounds like oh, serious money. You were basically awesome. a millionaire over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. No, but you got all kinds of cool stuff. Can't wait to see it. Yeah. Man, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna just. Be giving it away at Kingslayer this weekend. Who wants a Pikachu? Just throwing it <laughs> into the crowd. <laughs> All right. Oh, wait. Are we doing a quiz or what? No, we got to do Lorcana Lexicon. Yes. Yep. Yeah, Lorcana Lexicon for this week is two words. Sealed versus draft. And these are both tournament types that make it... I mean, the theory is it makes it easier on new players because there's no constructed deck, so everybody is relatively on an even playing field. But every time I play in one of these tournaments, I just I do worse because whatever. Say, how, are, how are these so, easier? So a sealed. The difference between these two is sealed. You're given, for example, four packs, and you're supposed to make a deck out of these four packs. Versus draft. You will go through four packs worth of product, but you open it, take out a card, and then pass it to the right until all the cards in that first round are gone. And then you open up the second pack, take a card out, pass it around. So those are the main differences between isn't, sealed and draft. Isn't sealed six packs for Larkana? It's yeah, six I think so. Yeah. I, I was yeah. just pulling a number out of thin air. It's six. 
It is. Okay. You talked to, uh, I, w- I won't go on too long, but you talked about your starter deck thing not going super well at Gen Con. Since people are going to be doing a lot of that stuff starting uh, today, if you're listening to this, I want to say a couple things that I learned at Gen Con about doing the starter deck thing. Because until Gen Con, I had not had any practice sorting a pack into a starter deck. I had only been playing virgin starter decks. And there's a lot of strategy that goes into uh, adding your pack in. So I want to just say a couple things that I picked up right away. First of all, removal and draw. Anything that you get, if there's a dragon fire, throw that sucker in. If there's anything that's going to help you draw, even if it's a crappy little beast mirror, you know, a Mad Hatter's great, obviously. But the the things you want to focus on is removal and draw. A powerful character you may never see, you may never be able to play them, depending on which deck it is. Like, you might not be able to afford them. But your, like, draw and removal tools will, if you draw it, you will use it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you draw yeah. a dragon fire, you're gonna use a dragon fire <clears throat> for sure. Um, so put those in. And then I think for starter deck stuff, evasives. Any evasive you get should go. That's right exactly in. what I was gonna say too. Yeah. If you don't get Ruby Emerald, you want to add as many evasives in as you as you get. Yeah. Just I think the main thing is don't overthink it. Like don't look at those. 12 cards and try to think about synergies or strategies just high value cards like don't think about what your deck does and if this card fits just draw removal evasives anything that's like immediately you recognize is like that's a really good card put it in and then equally important is what to remove right right so and then you want to take out um like your low value actions so if you're running like let's say the ruby emerald deck right you want to take out your like vicious betrayals your stolen scimitars like all of that stuff that's like you are not going to be excited if you draw it Um, especially if it's uninkable yeah take out uninkable stuff you can take out vanilla characters you can take out like your uh mrs don't you say it You can take out your flounder. Oh no, no, no. no, but like the like the Steamboat Willie, Kingo, like you know any any of those like vanilla characters that don't excite you. But honestly, you should start with your actions and items that are like low value in those decks. Take that stuff out first, especially like Vicious Betrayal and uh, Stampede. Stampede can go. Control your temper. Control I your saw, temper can go. Yeah, I saw someone mention that you even uh, Hakuna Matata can be taken out if you need to remove enough. Yeah, great card, not great for the starter deck. Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, I hope, hope that's helpful. Yeah, because there are sealed and uh, uh, some sealed events happening around the country, around the world. Uh, so. Yep, and even if you're just playing starter deck stuff, you're gonna have to figure out what to do with with your booster pack. Right. Are you ready for round two of Disney Jeopardy, Eric? Let's do it. I last time was so hard. I've been <clears> kicking <throat> myself ever since. Let's see how hard this week's gonna be. <sighs> okay. I don't know, James. Have you looked at these? I feel like these are there's some tough ones in here. Oh boy. Okay. So for one hundred, this is the name of the whale in Pinocchio. Monstro. 
Ding, that's, ding, key, ding. that's Kingdom Hearts lore. Uh, okay, I I never played that game. Number two <laughs> for two hundred. These are the names of the three fairies in Sleeping Beauty. You asked me this last time, didn't you? No, no. I no. did. No, because no, we no. did a Goofy movie. Uh. Uh. I have no idea. I have no idea. Okay, what if I give you the name of one of them? Flora. Flora, Fauna, and Augusta. <laughs> Meriwether. Mar- Maribel. Damn! Meriwether. <laughs> so, oh. okay. <laughs> For 300. Before becoming Syndrome, this was his alter ego superhero name in The Incredibles. Well, Pixar's not in Larkana, Jared. Right. So, but this is a Disney Jeopardy. Um, I've only seen Incredibles once. Uh, where is my super suit? Does that is that half a point? Maybe. <laughs> That's half a <laughs> point. No. Okay, it's Incrediboy. Incrediboy. Because he admired Mr. Incredible, and he just wanted to be his sidekick. But he wasn't a sidekick, and that's why he's evil? Right. Spoiler alert. For a 20-year-old movie. Did you know what I just realized? I know this episode's already three hours long, but I went to Tokyo Disneyland, and we didn't talk about that once. (laughs) (laughs) For 400. We'll We'll talk about it in a second. (laughs) <laughs> for 400 this was the last animated movie that walt disney worked on before he died the last animated movie that he worked on before he died he died he died while they were building disney world so he died in the what in the 80s 70s he died in the 70s he died in the 60s <laughs> Oh, that's right. Disney World opened in was it seventy one? Okay. Okay, so it's a movie from the sixties. Was it The Rescuers? No, that was the seventies. Oh man. Okay. Okay. Um. Hint. Give him a hint. Oh yeah, look at James. <laughs> was it The Jungle Book? <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> um, this one is a tough one. I did not know this. This is the Disney character who is originally supposed to be the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Fantasia instead of Mickey Mouse. Must be Donald Duck, right? Think, no? think somebody from the first Disney movie. Oh, the first Disney movie was Snow White? That was is that the, the movie. movie. And it was supposed to be like uh, Grumpy? <laughs> Close. It was Dopey. Dopey was supposed to be in Fantasia? That's so cool. Could you imagine him being the Sorcerer's Apprentice instead of Mickey? Yeah, I totally can. I could see it too, but I don't think it would be as iconic. No. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. So there you go. Five for five. Way to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, got all of them right. You can't prove that I did it. (laughs) All right. Share with us your Tokyo Disney experience. Oh my gosh. Should I really? Are we... Gonna do the longest Citizens of Larkana podcast ever. My, I'll, I'll I'll be brief. I'll just do the highlights. First of all, they love Baymax. They love Stitch. So obviously, best Disneyland. <laughs> they have you know uh, 
talking turtle, you know, crush talking turtle. Yeah. Oh yeah. They have that, but it's stitch. Nice. But he only speaks Japanese. Oh, so it's a little bit hard to follow. Also, this is probably my favorite thing. The Tiki room. Uh, they have the Tiki room. It's set up exactly the same. When it starts, they sing Hawaiian roller coaster ride. And then this one, they give me a translator for, so I could follow along. And then, you know, in our Tiki room, they're like worried, worried about like the spirits. There's like rain and stuff. And they're worried about some God or something. I can't exactly remember the story. Well, in this one, they're all worried about angering the big kahuna. And they go through their whole show. It's all the same set pieces and stuff. But then the big kahuna rises from the center and it's Stitch with his ukulele. And he wants to do, put on a show with the, in the tiki room. It was awesome. It's like really good animatronic Stitch. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then, but the coolest thing they have, I didn't get, no, there's two. Two, two last things. One, they have a beast castle. They have a, their own like beast ride. And they have a full castle. It's the only Disney park with two full-size castles. Um, it was a two-hour wait. I didn't get to do it. It was a million and a half degrees there. But I did take a picture of the castle. It was very cool. And then the other cool thing is they have a uh, – it's called Baymax Mission Cooldown. And, like, three times a day, they do this, like, little parade with these, like, giant floats that just spray the crowd with water. They play music, and they do, a like – some dances and stuff and then they just shoot fire hoses into the sky and make it rain on everyone in the crowd because it's so freaking hot it was awesome it was probably my favorite thing that happened that day just like baymax dance party and it's just like raining all of a sudden on everyone you're you're a tough man to please <laughs> uh tokyo disneyland is really cool they still have splash mountain it's good i like it i liked it a lot i didn't go to disney sea that i'll do that next time Jealous. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, super good time. Now you're just back in regular old home and near Anaheim where you can just go to Disneyland. Yeah, I just gotta go to stupid old Disneyland and buy little Connor cards. <laughs> what what were the crowds like in Tokyo Disney compared to Disneyland? The lines were like the same, but um, but it never felt crowded. It was like mm. very open, lots of open space. You can't um like culturally, you can't eat while you're walking in Japan, that's like, that's a big no-no. So there's like no trash cans anywhere because nobody like eats and walks. You have to like sit down to eat. Um, so it just like, didn't feel nearly as crowded. You can't get water anywhere ever. There's like a couple drinking fountains, all the vending machines are empty and no restaurants sell water. But that was, that was pretty brutal. When it, <laughs> you think when that's it was on like purpose or do you think it's because so hot, everybody had bought all the water? Tina, my partner, says maybe they don't sell water because then people would only buy water and they want people to buy drinks. That's fair. I don't know if that's true, but could be. Could be. All right. Let's wrap this up. All right. Let's wrap it up. If you liked what I'll you see heard. You next week? <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> if you liked what you heard, you can subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on the podcast of your choice. You can find me on Twitter at Citizens of Lorcana. Eric, where can everybody find you? I'm on uh, the website formerly known as Twitter, uh, and it's at Epic Schweitzer. Spells how it sounds. And I'm on The Gamer. And you know what? Uh, Lorcana Week might be over, but we got lots of great stuff for Lorcana launch. Guides and lists, and I've got some features, and I finally got one of my last interviews up 
uh, today from uh, that didn't make it into Arcana Week. I uh, so check that out. It's a good one. Awesome, nice. And James, finish uh, us off. I am everywhere at Dan Riegel. You can check out geekshotphoto.com for links for my wife and I and all of our social medias and stuff. And uh, thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you next time with cards in hand. Uh Yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, I have to ask you one question before we sign off, James. Yes. Uh, The number one question I got from people when they were talking about the show is where did the name Dan Riegel come from? And then we'll sign off. Oh, really? Well, I can make it the short version. Uh, Way back in high school, uh, there was this uh, personality quiz where you could fill out like 10 questions and pay a dollar a week. And then a week later, you would get a result back of who you matched with uh, in the the school. And my buddy filled it out with a bunch of weird answers. And the name on the thing was Dan Regal. He used a fake name and then he got it back under that name. And then years later, when I was getting online, I did not want to use my real name. So I just made it Dan Regal. And I just made it one name. So it looks like a real name, but it's not a real name. Wait, but who did he match with? Oh, I, I don't remember. It was <laughs> it was it was I'm just the gonna, name that stuck. I'm not gonna lie, I assumed it was a firefly thing. So it is not. Yeah, you it's a crazy weird, it's a dumb story, but it's it's it was just a connection of two things not wanting my real name on the internet and remembering this fake name that my buddy used way back in high school it's awesome uh, all right i don't want to be the bear of bad news but your name is all over the internet now. it <laughs> is but not as a username true <laughs> true there's that yeah i said when i first got on the internet <laughs> yeah it's a different world back then back then we believe we still had some privacy yeah anyway Let's all wrap right. this thing up. So thank you all for joining us. And as I mentioned, we will see you next time with cards in hand, finally. And so have a great Lorcana, Lorcana opening week. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>